Welcome to episode 152 of Sweat Out, Happiness In. We're Lauren and Jason Pack, and we believe that fitness should be for anybody, everybody, and everybody. Let's get into the show. What's my achievers? Episode 152. No longer a college alcohol reference. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been great, actually, if we like specifically reached out to like Bacardi to get the uh, the 151 uh, episode to be uh, sponsored by them. But missing out on so many sponsorships. Big time. Oh, well. Um, okay. So today we're going to go uh, into how to – tips, I guess, to modify your workouts at home. Yes. Right. We are seeing lots of lots of shutdowns throughout the country, throughout the world, um, where gyms are, are going back into temporary lockdowns. Um, so we definitely want to make sure that everyone just feels like, okay, if my gym gets shut down, I have a really solid plan for yes. what to do because it can feel like if that's something, especially we know for us and for a lot of our members, it's just something that is such a part of your routine and identity and like there's so much that goes into the gym outside of just working out Mm -hmm. um and so to feel like you're losing that part of yourself just feels like another hit during this time that's already been so hard and so we just want to make sure today that we provide just some ways to stay in a groove stay in a routine even if your gym routine gets you know derailed tossed a little out the bit window. yeah <laughs> for for a short period of time hopefully <laughs> yeah yeah i think when the when the like the initial quarantine and pandemic first hit i think we were kind of just like you know this is kind of a unprecedented unprecedented times <laughs> and to not necessarily worry so much about trying to figure out how to get a workout in um if that is overwhelming to you i, I know for us we probably took a good three weeks off yeah. to try to i mean obviously recalibrate the business a little bit but also just not having the energy or time especially with um our little <clears throat> our little one not being able to go to daycare and being at home with us so we kind of um w- we weren't as prepared, I guess. Mentally. Yeah, or our advice was like, don't worry about it if you're like, if you're, if you need to just take some time away yeah. from working out, which is always still our advice. It's always do what works best for you in the moment and don't stress if it's not what other people are doing or exactly, what, what you're yeah. seeing. You know, it's always a very personal decision whether to work out or not and mm-hmm. very much depends on your current life situation. But we, Definitely do. We have seen with so many people that working out has been the reprieve that they need from Mm. all of the stress of just life that's happening right now. And so instead of just saying, don't worry about it, we also it's that. And here are also some some ways to make sure that if it is something that's really important for you and if it is something that is missing once your gym maybe does shut down, here are some ways to just keep it going. Yes, definitely. Um, So for today, we're going to talk about um, just some general um, principles and some tips that might help out, Um, specifically, you know, where to get equipment and what kind of equipment you should get, Um, specifically how to um, work your upper body in creative ways, your lower body in creative ways, Um, and also what to do if you don't have any equipment and you just um, aren't in a position to maybe get a body weight program and stuff like that and just kind of like go over the entire gamut, whether or not you have a barbell at home or if you have a couple of dumbbells at home or if you have only body weight to work with. Yeah. So we'll give you some tips and strategies from there. Yeah. All right. So I think the first thing that we need to kind of address is your overall mindset around the whole working out at home thing. Because I know for a lot of people, especially when it first hit, it was, okay, I'm used to going to a gym. I have all my equipment available to me and I can do whatever I want to do. 
working out at home is less effective, so I might as well just not do it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That can be an easy mindset to fall into is like, if I don't have my barbells and I don't have my kettlebells and I don't have my weights, like, why even bother? Why even bother? Yeah. yeah. And for us, there's no such thing as a wasted workout right. or a bad workout or uh, anything along those lines, right? Anytime that you give yourself um, and your body some time to do some movement, to do some strength work is is beneficial no matter how no matter how you slice it, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, first of all, that, that's just the kind of um, attitude to go in with. It's not a lesser of a workout. This is the best solution that you can come up with, come up with at this time, and it's a very uh, worthwhile and viable solution. Absolutely, yeah. Um, tip number two is, I think, if it's possible, to try to have a dedicated space away from directly next to your bed to work out. Unless you've proven that it's fine and you can do that, but I think there's a little bit of a mindset like shift that happens when you enter your bed and you're enter your bedroom and you're next to your bed and it's just kind of like almost like unwind time um so i do think it would be really helpful to carve out some space whether i've seen people work out like directly in front of their closets i've seen people work out obviously garages are awesome too if you um live in a house with a garage that's an awesome place as well a basement um but i think just getting out of your bedroom helps to get a little bit of energy up i guess yeah definitely definitely i mean obviously Everybody has different home situations and different capabilities in terms of where you're going to be able to have space. Um, but yeah, just having, or even if it's, even if it is next to your bed, having a yoga mat that's there or, you know, just yeah. like making sure that the space feels dedicated to your workout as opposed to you're trying to work out in a space that's not meant for it. So yeah, yeah just having a, a couple, point. a couple pieces there to just remind you that this is my space now to focus on my workout and to, to get it done. Yeah. And I would even go as far as <clears throat> to um, change your clothes to be in a position where you look like you're about to work out at the gym, right? So put on <laughs> your like nice workout clothes, put on your nice shoes or whatever, um, instead of being in like the clothes, your pajamas, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, just just completely getting into the mode that you're, you're about to commit some time to a workout. Yeah. Um, next... I think if you can get some equipment, if you can, if you have the means to, I think that would be helpful as well. This isn't just um, kettlebells or dumbbells or bands that are going to go to waste after you're able to go back to a gym. You'll be surprised with how many times you don't necessarily have the time to go to the gym, but you do have 20 minutes or 30 minutes to set aside at home to grab that kettlebell again or grab that dumbbell again. Um, and I think it's really worthwhile to get some equipment at home um, if health and fitness is um, you know something that you... Uh, you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think also just trying to get on wait lists as quickly as possible if you're even um, in a, an area that is kind of um, vulnerable, I guess, that is probably going to be shut down as well. Getting on a wait list because a lot of this stuff is backordered. Kettlebells are backordered. Pull-up bars are backordered. Like all this stuff is backordered. So I think the quicker you can get on these wait lists, um, the quicker obviously you'll get the equipment in return. Yeah, we were joking that it was as much as the toilet paper outage shortage was yeah. uh, panic-inducing, the kettlebell shortage lasted much longer. <laughs> it was like on par with hand sanitizer and Lysol wipes. Yeah. It was very hard to get your hands on. So yeah, definitely. We'll... Um, we'll Talk about some, should we talk about equipment, places to get equipment now, or should we save that until a little bit later? Yeah, we can save that until a little bit later. Okay, um, so toward the end of the podcast, we'll just list out some places to get different types of equipment, and we'll also link it in the show notes. Yes. Um, and I think finally, in terms of just overall mindset, 
you will have to be a little bit creative with it, no matter how much equipment you have, because uh, you just obviously don't have a full gym um, at your disposal. So you will have to put a little bit of your creativity hat on um, and get ready to uh, kind of MacGyver yourself around um, different limitations that you have at home, right? Because most of us, even if we do get equipment, we probably don't have a workout bench at home, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you'll be surprised with how much utility a bench actually offers. So we'll give you some workarounds um, for that. Um, and also just some little tips here and there too uh, that'll act as weights to kind of fill in the gaps because even if you get some kettlebells or dumbbells, there will be some gaps, right? If you have a 12-kilogram kettlebell and a 20-kilogram kettlebell, how do you fill in those gaps in between? Right. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to go into how to modify your workouts um, depending on if you're going to do upper body and lower body. So we decided to kind of splice those two apart, Uh, but we're going to go into upper body, all right? So... We mentioned how um, useful a bench can be in terms of using it for dumbbell bench pressing and incline bench pressing and rows and all that or uh, incline push-ups. How do you replace a bench when you are doing something, let's say, a chest press? Um, And so what we'd recommend here is actually lying on a foam roller could be helpful or lying on an ottoman. And basically all you're trying to do with the bench press is get yourself off of the floor a little bit to get some increased range of motion for your pecs and for your arms. And so lying on a foam roller, which is a little bit unstable, but with both feet on the, on the ground, you should be okay. Or an ottoman or something along those lines. I know some people have used um, piano benches. Uh, <laughs> some people have used um, different sort of like tables or like chests and uh, are able to lay down on that, um, but just increase the range of motion there. So I think that is a worthwhile solution. Yeah, that's great. I think when you first get started, floor presses are a good place to start. If you don't have anything to lie on, you can just lie on your back and lie on the floor, but eventually you want to access just a little bit of a greater range of motion. So a foam roller is something that's pretty inexpensive. It's also great to have at home just when you want a foam roll, (laughs) but it also can provide some uh, some variability to your workouts. So definitely a foam roller and I think you know a lot of people have at the end of their bed people have those like benches or um, yeah that's what I was thinking about yeah. I said chest you said chest but... which I, I I see what you're saying but yeah, for like a treasure chest I like you have a treasure chest so yeah I can I, when you're when you were talking I could understand what you were saying Good. but I wasn't sure if everybody else could, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like chest what are you talking about um okay so now we have a flat bench press set up. Uh, well, what about for an incline press of some sort? Um, and then this one I kind of recommended um, to our Rise members who are now working out at home and doing Rise Light, but to lean back at like a 45 degree angle on their couch. Right. I have a little bit of a frog in my throat. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. While Jason clears his throat, I'll take over. So basically you're going to be having your upper back on the couch with your hips angled down toward the floor. So... <laughs> <laughs> you're right over there all good all good <laughs> um so this is just going to change the angle that you're able to press from where it's not a straight overhead press it's not a straight chest press but somewhere in between all right so would you jason in this scenario would you have their um hips down resting on the floor and their shoulders elevated or their hips hovering uh, actually both could be <laughs> wow <laughs> really <laughs> Um, Jason's going to get tested for COVID after that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, both can be really effective. I think initially when you're first starting off, it probably makes more sense to just get comfortable by keeping your hips on the floor. Or if your couch is a little bit too high, you can prop your hips up on a couple mats or a couple books. just Pillows. To kind of, yeah, pillows to yeah. kind of like bridge that gap a little bit. But I do think 
keeping hips on something that is a little bit stationary at first to kind of get used to that position, I think helps uh, helps a lot. Yeah. Um, I've played around with having the couch cushions on or off. Um, I actually pre- preferred it prefer the cushions on in this situation. Um, I just felt it was a little bit more comfortable on my upper back um, as opposed to having it dig directly into like the little crevice of the couch. That makes sense. Um, But yeah, I think uh, another kind of more advanced variation of it would be to actually lift up your hips into a glute bridge, hold that glute bridge while you're actually performing that bench press. And that's a a very um, creative solution there to increase the challenge of the bench press without necessarily having to have more weights. So Yeah, because that's another consideration with upper body movements, well, and lower body movements too, is that if you do buy some equipment for home and then you work out for a while with those pieces of equipment and then you get stronger – you feel like, okay, now now what? Like at the gym, you would just go grab the next set of weights. And yeah. now it's like, do every time, do you need to buy another set of dumbbells <laughs> and another kettlebell? And is that going to get start to get outrageous? So having some creativity, like Jason was saying in the beginning, where you're like, okay, I don't necessarily have the next set of weights. How can I make this same movement still feel challenging or more challenging? And at a certain for a certain amount of time, it can be just to add a couple of reps. and But then eventually you're like, okay, I can't do 25 repetitions of bench press so now oh maybe I can elevate my hips and make more of a glute bridge chest press Mm, and change it up that way so you're kind of just always adapting to your your progress Mm -hmm. without having to necessarily just add weight every time Yeah, yeah yeah definitely um all right now uh we're gonna move into um how to load let's say if you don't necessarily have that many weights available to you. Yeah, right. right. Cause some people are like, oh my gosh, I have to get myself on all of these uh, kettlebell and dumbbell wait lists right <laughs> now, but my gym closes tomorrow and what am I supposed to do? So we definitely have, I've, I've been writing uh, with one of our coaches, Emily, I've been writing our virtual classes for um, our class packs that we do at Achieve, our live classes. And sometimes people have equipment and sometimes they don't. And so we always have a non-equipment variation. So I've started to be able to get pretty creative with, okay, thinking about what most people have at home and how they can load something with just like a household item. Mm-hmm. So we've we've used, um, we've recommended that people fill backpacks with either books, if it's going to be something like a row where the it's not actually like resting on their body. Um, or it can be with something softer, like I've told people like grab some things from your pantry, like right, bags of rice mm. and um cat food, dog food, anything that's like pretty heavy but moldable to your body so you don't feel like it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's basically like you're um, MacGyvering a sandbag. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I think about it. And a lot of times you can load it by either hugging it in front of you or you can rest it in your elbow creases like a zercher position Mm, to do things like squats or lunges where, or you could even put the backpack on to yeah, do, do like squats. squats. Yeah. We put it on. Um, I've had people put it on their front, so like wearing it like a baby carrier. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there are some ways to. I think backpacks are really helpful, and and then items that are heavy like cat food, dog food, rice are really helpful to yeah. get you into like be, still being able to do the movement pretty pretty well, but with household items. Yeah, and I think at first it's gonna feel a little bit clunky. And it's going to be like, oh, this is just annoying. Like, I don't want to do it kind of situation. <laughs> um, but I will say that the instability and the sort of variable nature of that weight um, is definitely a 
very valid uh, way to load. Yeah. And we it's, it's the reason why gyms have sandbags or you even see weights that have like water inside them. All these different ways are um, are just a great different stimulus to um, train your body with. So I think it's it's definitely it's definitely worth the sort of like oh this is a, a little bit annoying to try to grab hold on to, but it's actually the point of it. So it's it's actually great. Yeah. And I think the benefit is. You can also decrease and increase load too. Right. Like take out a bag of rice or take out um, a bag of cat food and then, or put some in for, uh, to make an exercise more challenging. So I think the backpack is a, a great and underrated tool for this. Yeah. Backpack or duffel bag, both would work really well. Yeah. So now that's great for um, exercises that require a little bit more loading. Um, what would you recommend for isolated moves like bicep curls or lateral raises and shoulder presses and stuff like that yeah um you have the the really awesome thing is you have so much in your house that you just don't consider a weight because Mm -hmm. it's a bottle of water or a (laughs) can of soup but those things weigh something they all have weight to them and so this is again going back to the mindset part piece of this all is to allow yourself to get creative and not feel like this is less than because it's not what you're used to. But if you would have done a set of front raises with five pound dumbbells, then grab a couple water bottles and it's going to be close to the same, yeah. you know, yeah. or a jug of water would be, or jug of milk would be really great because they have handles. Mm-hmm. So you can get one of the like gallons of water or gallons of milk and you can refill, like you can just use an old one and fill it with however much water makes sense for you yeah. for that workout. Or, or even rice there if you wanted to do yeah. rice or something a little bit heavier, like even sand. Um, that's a, definitely another quick way to have, yeah, literally an implement with a handle on it yes. that is durable. So yeah. that's great. So yeah, oh, I, I hadn't, hadn't even thought about rice and sand Next in the level. milk jugs, but that's great. So yeah, um, things that are like, that typically you would use a five, 10 pound dumbbell four i would highly recommend using like a a milk or water jug yeah awesome um and then there is um you use this solution quite a bit for our virtual classes when the when the quarantine first hit but we worked out at home and you were trying to figure out ways to actually increase the challenge of certain exercises when people didn't have weights and you use books, right? Yes. Everyone has books. Mostly everyone has books <laughs> at home. Um, and so, yeah, we, you can, one easy way to increase the challenge is to change the range of motion or increase the range of motion of a movement. So when we're talking about upper body and push-ups tend to be a movement that we do quite frequently for home workouts because it's something that requires no additional equipment and is still, it's always challenging. A push-up done well is always going to be challenging, but over time you might be like, okay, I'm at, I'm able to do now 20, 30 push-ups in a row and I'm starting to feel less challenged. Increasing the range of motion of the push-up is a really great way to do that. And so what I've had people do is stack maybe one or two books up, um, two sets of a couple books and place your hands on top of them, Mm -hmm. leaving room for your chest to go through. So your hands are elevated on books, you come down and your chest actually goes down lower past the book so that you're increasing that range of motion on the way down and then press up out of it. Yeah. And that's going to make that push up just a lot more challenging. You could also do that with your feet elevated. So you Mm -hmm. could elevate your feet up on books or you could elevate your feet up on a couch and have your hands on the floor. Yeah. Or yep. you could do a combo. Feet yeah. on the couch, hands on the books. Yeah, and <laughs> I like when you did um you did reverse lunges with one foot on a couple couple stacks of books yes. as well yep. to increase the range of motion for a reverse lunge. So Well, we were in the upper body. Oh, section, that's true. So that's I true. was gonna leave that for lower body, but yes, you can use Sneak books. Preview. You can use books for for lower body as well. They're actually super versatile. Yeah. yeah. I use them for everything. So. And I think what we ended up kind of gravitating towards were like our old 
um, anatomy and physiology textbooks, yeah. right? So just bigger books, obviously not small paper bound yeah, books. Yeah, not little novels. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter and above, I think, yeah, in yeah. terms of uh, size. <laughs> Harry Potter, like five through seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then speaking of push-ups, actually, I wanted to throw this in here with the upper body section. Um, when you are working out of home, especially with minimal equipment, you're going to find that you're going to do a lot of push-ups. Um, and even for overhead pressing, you're going to find that you're going to do pike push-ups a lot. And it just can be a little bit um, uh, taxing on the wrists because you're kind of in that position for much longer periods of time than you have been before. So suddenly it's three days a week of being on your wrists. It can get a little bit bothersome on your wrists. So it just helps to get a little, bo- a little bit of mobility in them prior to the workout and maybe even just kind of daily like at your desk doing some of these types of drills um, to warm up the wrists a little bit um, to make sure that they're constantly just I guess uh, greased up primed and <laughs> primed, ready yeah, yeah. Um, so what we're gonna do is link in the um, show notes of this um, Lauren did a video called the complete guide to handstands and in it there's a thorough wrist prep and mobility section uh, that we'll link to so that you can take a look at that if you know that you have a um, little bit more of a sensitive risk situation or if you just want to know ahead of time basically yeah yeah Yeah. so we'll link that up okay moving on to lower body so um do you want to talk about um bilateral and unilateral movements yeah so just to lay it out very clearly a bilateral movement is uh for when we're referring to lower body bilateral exercise is something like a squat or a deadlift something where you're standing on both legs and they're stationary and you're moving your body around those two stationary points. Yes. Right? So pretty much squats and deadlifts. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and those variants, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Unilateral movements are single leg movements. So it's if you are something like a lunge or a single leg squat or a single leg deadlift where you're putting most of the stability and work on one side of your body or one leg. And so when you're working out at home, it's going to be – much more challenging unless you have a barbell unless you have your own home gym it's going to be much more challenging to continuously add load to a bilateral movement so at the gym you may be able to squat 135 and then the next week you could do 140 and then the next week 145 and you kind of add incrementally like that but at home you're just not going to have the amount of weights that are going to be able to provide that amount of that much stimulus week to week Um, and so we'd highly recommend moving toward unilateral movements, which are going to be, they're just going to require a lot less load to be challenging. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, So we'll give you some recommendations on how to kind of um, configure yourself for uh, single leg exercises. But yeah, I think just kind of prefacing with, it's definitely going to be hard to match the kind of weights that you could have at a gym um, in order to load bilateral movements effectively. So I think when we were both training, we definitely did our fair share of rear foot elevated split squats, single leg squats, single leg deadlifts to get that training effect without necessarily having to add a bunch of weights. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so one thing that we did was um, taking couch cushions off of the couch this time and using it for rear foot elevated split squats, right? Not the couch cushions, but placing your foot on the edge of your couch to do rear foot elevated split squats. Yeah. Um, what, what's going on? Oh, no, nothing. I was just wondering why you took them off. I'm curious. I always oh. left them on. Oh, did you leave them on? Yeah. Um, I thought it was just not comfortable. I don't know. Oh, 
I like them. I like the cushiony part. Of oh, okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> so you can leave the couch way. cushions on. Lauren gave me a look like, "Are you serious?" No, I, right was, now? <laughs> I was just, I was just curious. I was wondering where this was gonna go. I was an active listener, just like everyone else. Um, but yeah, you can place your foot on couch cushioned or uncushioned couch uh, <laughs> at, at the edge of couch and do rear foot elevated split squats. That one we did quite a bit. Um, you can also use the couch for hip lifts, right? Mm. So you can place your back just like you did for chest presses and incline presses, place your back on the edge of that couch and do hip hip lifts. Or you can put your feet on the couch itself, get your back on the floor and do foot elevated glute bridges. So all different ways you can load um, that pattern. And then um, this one I used quite a bit as well was I stood on top of a chair. Let's say my right foot was on the left edge of a chair so that my left foot could then drop down towards the floor and I could do a single leg squat that way. Yeah. Um, you can also do step ups, but definitely be a little bit wary of doing step ups, especially with weight and make sure that the chair can support your weight. Yeah, for all of this, make sure you have a very sturdy chair <laughs> yeah. first and foremost, or you can do it off of like a step stool if you have step stools at home. Oh, step stool. Yeah, that's a great Probably a great idea. would be yeah. more sturdy and meant to, to be stepped on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we have a sturdy chair at home. So for liability purposes, stuff. use a step stool. Someone's going to do single leg squats off like a, a rolly chair. <laughs> a rocking chair. <laughs> Chief Fitness told me to do this. Um but yeah, I think those are our main solutions there. Yeah, but, you can also do a single leg squat to a chair or to the couch. Yeah. So like using it instead of squatting off of it, you can use it as a uh, a target to squat down to with a single leg. That would be actually a slightly easier variation. And then if that starts to get easy, you can keep lowering how low you squat down to. And then yeah. you could also go to that um, single leg squat off of something that Jason was referring to. Yeah. Um, and then I think the final piece here is if you were to try to replace a sliding hamstring curl or a sliding reverse lunge, um, you can do so by grabbing, like putting your foot up on furniture sliders, or um, I know you recommended paper plates in your live virtual classes, Lauren. Yeah, if you have a carpet then yeah. paper plates or even like a manila folder or even a book would slide. On yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. You almost like after this episode, instead of going to a rogue fitness or something, you'll have to go to Staples, Staples. to get all these supplies. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Staples. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, just trying to get you into the sort of creative mindset of working yourself around um, your limitations that you have um, at home. Yeah. Oh, um, and towels slide very well on a wood floor. Yes. If you have yeah. Wood floor. Definitely. Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, we're going to talk about um, some of the key pieces of equipment that we would recommend if you have the means to do so. Um, and I think first up are kettlebells. Yeah. People always ask us if we were to choose one at-home kettlebells or dumbbells. And I think kettlebells for both of us just offer a lot more versatility, mm -hmm. right? So whether or not you are doing a – like you can do anything with a dumbbell. You can do with a kettlebell, whether it's rows or presses or uh, chest presses or – goblet squats, whatever it might be, you can do that. But you could also do swings and snatches cleans. and cleans yeah. and other things that a dumbbell can't do. So we just think that there's a lot more versatility with kettlebells. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so I think um, getting getting um, two to three kettlebells is definitely worthwhile. Now, the only issue with kettlebells is that the in-between weights are kind of tricky, right? Because kettlebells typically tend to jump up in four kilogram increments. And even, even if you can get the two kilogram increments, it's, it is kind of a little bit challenging to kind of figure out those gaps, right? Because mm. kettlebells are can be a little bit more challenging in that regard. So that's where we might recommend adjustable dumbbells. But as far as kettlebells go, people always ask us, what 
specific kind of kettlebell. We typically gravitate towards the the cast iron ones, yeah. right? The ones that are made up of fully iron as opposed to the vinyl. I think the vinyl, if you if that's the only option you have, I think that's it's it's fine. Or if you only have wood floors to work on, because oh, that's very true. Then yeah. If you don't, if you're afraid of banging up your floors, the vinyl ones provide a little bit more of a cushion. Although I would still recommend either way having some sort of like yoga mat or something down anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be another reason. Yeah, and nothing against the vinyl. It just seems as though when companies choose vinyl as their covering, they they do funky things with the handles yeah, and they either make it into like a triangle handle. Any handle that is very sharp angled is, is definitely a no go with kettlebells because you yeah. need that semicircular, very smooth handle in order for your wrist to fit comfortably. If there's a sharp angle, it's going to be very bothersome on your wrist. Totally. Um, and anytime a kettlebell is coated in the vinyl, people think that they have to change everything about the kettlebell, but the cast iron ones tend to be <laughs> pretty uniform across That's the true. board. That's very true. Um, okay, let's see here. Oh, and we recommend getting them from Perform Better, Rogue Fitness, Kettlebell Kings. These are these are some reputable uh, places, and they're going to last you a lifetime. They're 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 built very solidly. Yes. Um. The other thing is there's a difference between competition kettlebells oh, and uh, standard. Is there like a word for a regular kettlebell? I would just say yeah, standard. I just think a it's kettlebell. Fine. Yeah. So basically, if you see competition in front of, <laughs> my mom's gonna laugh because she <laughs> is definitely gonna listen to this episode. And she, this happened to her. If you see competition kettlebell, you might think like, oh, that must mean they're just like good or something. But it actually means that they're gonna be very large, no matter how heavy they are. So a standard kettlebell is smaller if it's lighter, and it gets bigger as it gets heavier. But a competition bell, the the purpose behind them all being the same size is that they're used for like clean and jerk competitions like it's an actual sport and they want to be able to practice with the same size kettlebells no matter how heavy it is so that they're kind of like used to the way that they need to maneuver their body um so you're gonna get my mom got a pair of eight kg kettlebells thinking they were going to be these little you know small little kettlebells and they were like the size of her whole body because she's very petite (laughs) um so they'll just be really large it actually doesn't mean you can't use them for pretty much anything that you would use a kettlebell for um they just might feel a little awkward if that's not what you're expecting so yeah just keep an eye out for that yeah that's that's a very good distinction they're kind of like it's kind of like bumper plates how every bumper plate is meant to match a 45 pound plate Mm. every competition bell is meant to match like a really heavy bell, a massive, <laughs> like a huge bell. bell. Yeah, <laughs> they're very big. They're very yeah. big. Um, as far as adjustable dumbbells go, we love adjustable dumbbells as the sort of second in priority. Um, they usually come like five to thirty-five pounds, or five to even fifty pounds. We like the ones from Power Blocks, and we like the ones from Bowflex as well. Surprisingly, mm. um, <laughs> but both are uh, great options. There, we like adjustable because first of all, it's space conserving, and it's really easy to switch the the kind of amount of weight in and out depending on what exercise you're doing um, by just going to the station clicking and unclicking the, those weights. Yeah, I've seen some um, that are like you can add plates to the sides of. Um, handles oh, yeah, yeah. and those are just it's going to be so challenging to take off plates add plates like put on the little uh clips at the end like, yeah. it's just a lot to it's do lot. so yeah. i would definitely recommend the the ones that are meant to be adjustable just in with a couple of clicks and turns of the yeah handle. and same thing with those those are going to last you a lifetime as well so that's a very worthwhile purchase yeah and a really great way to be able to make those small incremental jumps yes so. yeah Next up are bands. Uh, we really like super bands uh, from Perform Better. Um, and these are meant for things like 
rows. I mean, you can do really everything. Rows, um, overhead presses if you're standing on the band. There are a number of ways that you can use bands to um, their fullest extent. Um, and then obviously we really like them for pull-ups right. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are, I think, bands with handles. I used to kind of like poo-poo them a little bit because I was like, the the heart, the reason that they're not great always is because they tend to be just really light. Mm-hmm. Like they tend to just not be super durable. So yeah. they don't make them super heavy because they break. Yeah. Um, but I think that there are a lot of companies, I, I'm sorry that I don't have any specifics, but I do think there are companies that are starting to come up with like much more durable and strong handled bands. Yeah. And those are really good for like overhead presses and things where you have to kind of with the super band, sometimes you have to awkwardly grip it a little bit yeah um so to have some handles at the ends are it, it is nice sometimes yeah definitely. um so if you if you have a set of those at home that are just kind of sitting around they're definitely worth taking out and and using yeah. um but the super bands can be they can, they're much more like sturdy and durable like i was saying so that you can put a lot more like force into them almost if yes, that makes definitely. sense like they're meant to be able to hold somebody's body weight doing a pull-up uh-huh. so, so because durable. of that you can get like pretty heavy ones to do heavy rows and even like load up single like deadlifts by putting it around your foot and holding on to the bands with your hands. Yep. So there's just a lot of ways that you can use a super band to really increase the challenge of an exercise. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then finally moving on into uh, pull-up bar. We actually don't have a very specific recommendation for this because we just don't, we, we've never had one at home yeah. and uh, we've never, uh, no one's ever like told us about a glowing review about a pull-up bar. Um, I, I do think, Perform Better and Rogue do offer some options there. Uh, but honestly, if we were going to get one, I would just get anyone on Amazon that happens to have some good reviews and can fit the doorway that uh, you have at home. Yeah, I don't think anyone has like innovated the pull-up bar to make it anything yeah. more than just a standard like doorway pull-up bar. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Let us know if you've heard of something really there spectacular. Maybe a new business opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, actually, I was going to throw this into the upper body segment as well. This one was a great idea that I've seen um, on Instagram people would get sheets and then tie one knot at the end of uh, one side of the sheets um, and then basically put them through and close the door so that the sheet wouldn't fall through. Right. right? So it was like they – so basically the way that you – TRX, which is another great thing to have at home actually. I don't know why we didn't put that (laughs) in our list. A TRX – TRX straps – are awesome. They're basically um, suspension trainers. So TRX is the brand the brand that we use at Achieve. Um, there's also other brands that are similar. Yeah, the, uh, jungle gym yeah, trainers. Yeah. yeah. But they have an attachment for the door where you can hang it, like you can attach it and clip it over the door, the top of your door, close yeah. the door, and then it stays in place. Um, but people have rigged up the a sheet using kind of like the same strategy so tying a knot in the sheet hanging the sheet over the door closing the door so that when you pull on the two like sides of the sheets yeah it doesn't come through the top of the door because of that knot yeah it gets it just gets tighter and then also because the sheet is not abrasive it doesn't leave any sort of like marks, marks or anything yeah. like that so and you can do you can like hold on to the handles and do rows yeah um, you can rows i've seen do? people do pull-ups I've seen oh, yeah, people yeah. put their backs to the doors and do like knee raises and oh, hanging yeah. other hanging ab work and stuff like that. So that was a I was like, oh, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, um, a TRX will give you a lot more options though. So yeah. if you if you have money to spend on equipment, I mean, they're a little bit pricey, but they are really versatile. And TRX has like their website alone, I think, has a ton of exercise yeah. uh, demonstrations, so you can really um, see a lot once you get those right mm-hmm. right away. So I would recommend those as well. Yeah. 
And then finally, we're going to move on into, let's say you just don't have any sort of equipment um, and uh, or you've been on a wait list and you just don't see when you're actually going to get the equipment. We're going to talk about some strategies that Lauren uses for our Rise at Home program, which is uh, minimal to no equipment, right? Like maybe maybe some bands, but yeah. basically minimal to no equipment. What kind of strategies do you employ to make sure that we still make the workouts progressively overloading and challenging on a monthly basis? Yeah. So each time I write a, a rise at home, I use some sort of different tempo um, mm-hmm. that's not just a straight standard like set of reps. So uh-huh. uh, if you don't, if I don't list a tempo, it just means go at a normal pace. So if you're doing a squat, you just squat down and stand up yeah. and just repeat. And if I'm adding a tempo to that, I can either add an eccentric slow tempo, an isometric hold, a concentric pause, or I can add some little half reps here and there. So for if I was going to add eccentrics, I was I would do a goblet squat or a bodyweight squat, but it would be five seconds slow lower down and then normal speed up. Yeah. And just that five seconds slow lower really increases the difficulty of the movement and you're going to feel just a lot more progress challenged, basically yeah. Cha- challenged yeah um by doing just that and so without adding any weight you've increased the challenge by slowing it down same thing with isometrics holding at the most challenging portion of the exercise so if push-ups are starting to feel easy lower down to the bottom and hover right above the floor for three seconds and then push up and just that pause alone is going to make it much more challenging concentric is the portion on the way up from the most challenging uh position so from let's use uh squat again for an example you squat down to the bottom you start coming up and then pause for or well i guess you could do you could either do a slow concentric meaning you get all the way down to the bottom normal speed and then you take five seconds to raise back up to the top or you could do a pause where you go all the way down to the bottom start coming up and then pause for three seconds and then finish the rep so just different ways to add different um, tempos to make it much more challenging we Mm -hmm. also like 1.5 reps which means you squat down come halfway up squat down come all the way up or a 2.5 rep which is just (laughs) adding another one of those half reps there um but yeah, those are all different ways to use the same exercise that you were maybe using last month, but make it more challenging without adding any load. Yeah. Um, and then there's density. Um, I think, um, so Ted, one of our coaches, has also written a few Rise at Homes, and he's incorporated some density training where he'll say, okay, you have 15 seconds to get in as many squats or push-ups as possible. And then the next week... Um, he'll say try to do more than that time or he increases the amount of times to 20 seconds and says increase the or to do as many reps <laughs> as possible of the push-ups and squats in 20 seconds so basically trying to increase your speed which therefore increases the number of reps you do in the allotted amount of time which increases the density which increases the challenge overall so density training is one of the ways that you can also um, increase the challenge yes absolutely and then we talked about this earlier in the upper body section but uh, changing or increasing the range of motion so either elevating your hands or feet onto books or if you're if you were doing a standard glute bridge on the floor elevating your shoulders up onto a couch so that you're doing a shoulders elevated Mm. glute bridge increasing the range of motion there so just using the same exercise but adding more uh, range of motion is going to be an extra challenge as well yep and then sliders sliders we talked about already but using so 
we like um, furniture sliders or valve slides or are specifically like an exercise equipment for sliding. Yep. <laughs> um, but furniture sliders work just fine or paper plates. Um, and adding that as an element is going to just change up the, the difficulty. So if you're used to doing a standard reverse lunge where your feet are together, you step back, tap the knee down and step back in. It's a challenging exercise on its own, but as a, a again, as we've been talking about, it eventually gets to the point where it feels pretty easy. If you put one foot on a slider, so say you're you're stepping back with your right leg, instead you put your right foot on a slider and slide it back, tap your knee and come forward, you're just going to feel a completely different stimulus. Like you're mm-hmm. going to notice that you're, ha- you're going to have to pull with your hamstring and your glute of your front leg to get that back leg to slide back forward as opposed to stepping forward. Yep. It just really changes it up. And so it's a great way to... to add variety yeah totally it, it, people also feel as their leg slides back because they can't just just quickly just lean into the slider itself they it's almost like you're sliding back but you have enough force on the slider so you don't just slip backwards right yeah, yeah. and so people get a lot of stimulus on the back leg too where their inner thigh starts to work mm. the hip flexor starts to work so it is definitely um, another cool tool to add to the tool belt yeah yeah Cool. So Those I think are the majority that's about of the things. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, um, yeah, that's the end of our tips and strategies to modify your workout at home. Yeah. We just want to reiterate that it is not a worse workout because yes. you're home <laughs> and we know that it can be, it can feel frustrating when you don't have access to everything that you wish you had, but it can be also an opportunity to get, you know, some exercises in that you wouldn't normally try or Mm -hmm. to do things that you wouldn't normally do. So hopefully some of these tips just help to make you feel more confident in going into your home workouts and not feeling so sad about what you're missing. (laughs) Yeah. And for any of you who are on our rise program currently, um, you can message us at any point in the app to switch over to our rise light program, which is just dumbbells and kettlebells and bands. So perfectly suitable for at home workouts. If you don't have any equipment, um, or sorry, if you don't have any access to barbells and gym equipment, um, or you can also uh, message us to be transferred to Rise at Home, which is our completely bodyweight program as well. I will say that Rise at Home does incorporate bands and sliders. Okay, yeah. So if you have, um, if you're thinking about going into the Rise at Home program, I would still recommend trying to get your hands on a couple bands. Those those have not seemed to sell out. That's so true. So you should yeah. be able to get um, some bands for not too expensive, and then sliders or something that slides at home. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. Cool. All right. So if you thought this podcast was helpful, we would love it if you could leave us a review and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform of your choosing. Probably iTunes. Probably iTunes. That's where most people listen. Yeah. But that would be excellent and very helpful for us. I yeah, think that's it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we uh, keep an eye out on our Instagram as well because all week we're running Black Friday deals. Oh, right, so yeah. we just wrapped up our on-demand Black Friday discount, but we are also going to be discounting uh, virtual classes. That's going to be today and tomorrow. We're going to be discounting Explore and Power Explore and Flow, and Power and Flow which are our mobility and kettlebell intensives. Um, we're going to be discounting our content creation guide, which is for people who want to learn more about how to create content on Instagram specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, depending on what you're kind of looking for, we are going to have some discounts coming up for you. Hopefully something that works that works for you and uh, gives you some fun things to do while potentially being quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. And until next time, sweat out, happiness in. Happiness in.